05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship Championship Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And we got Ginger Zameda currently in LA, I believe, uh, from Texas. But uh, it's kind of like me. Like people ask me where I'm from. I'm like, well, I grew up in Wisconsin. So I kind of still claim that as my home. But I do live in Minnesota, kind of unfortunately. But, you know, a little rivalry there. So, but thanks for being here, Ginger. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Nate. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. First question I always like to start us off with, and I know you listened to an episode, so you might be ready for this one, but Championship Leadership Podcast, Championship Leadership's the name. So what comes to mind or what does Championship Leadership mean to you when you hear this? Yeah. So I I, I was thinking about this because um, there's so many different ways you can take it. But I, for me, yeah. I think Championship Leadership is a lot about um, really reflecting and kind of understanding your process, right? So I say like, you know, repetition is the mother of mastery, right? And so doing things in in a process focused way, a number of times to understand all the little links in the chain, like what part do I need to work? Like, so I, I think kind of doing things over and over again, figuring out what your process is. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I, I can't go too, too deep with you on the sports metaphors, but obviously, you know, John Wooden and his, his kind of you know, yeah. doing drills over and over again, I think is actually really, really important. You know, I, I think you've got to look at your process, you know, and then you need to, to sort of um, kind of go through all of your practices over and over again, and then try to perfect. I don't think there's, there's anything for me, there's no such thing as perfection, but you want yeah. to be in the right direction. And so I, mm-hmm. I think that for me is what championship really takes, right? Like, you know, just, just being okay is the price of entry. I think yeah. if, if you're going to be better than the rest, yeah. you, got, you got to really look at your process and how, and, and do the fundamentals really Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree with that. That's for sure. It's always fun to hear the different definitions or descriptions of championship leadership and always seems to be a little bit different every time. So it's, uh, I love asking that question. Well, let's talk a little bit about you and who Ginger Zameda is. If you're watching, you might see a cool little award behind her there. And if you're not, Ginger can maybe explain a little bit of that, but really who you are, what, you know, what's the path that you've been on and and how does that take you to what you have, what you're up to today? Yeah, absolutely. So the path, 
started out as kind of like your average kid in San Antonio, Texas, you know, from like average parents I actually didn't have a parents that had higher education. So I was the first on that path. And I got lucky. I went to Notre Dame undergrad and got a great education in actually the liberal arts and a great books program where you had to study philosophy, theology, fine arts, science, the whole thing. So that really taught, I think that was fundamental for me. I learned, you know, starting with the Greeks to look at problems from many, many sides and see the connections between those things. Then went mm-hmm. off to graduate school. And the first sort of real job I had was in television as, um, wait for it, receptionist. So, uh, you know, I, I always talk about how I learned all of the jobs um, from the bottom up. I had never taken a marketing class until I was a vice president of marketing at NBC. <laughs> but got in as a receptionist, learned the jobs, uh, first started out in research, really looking at how do ratings work, what makes us get ratings, what makes us not get ratings, et cetera. I like to say that I was doing evidence-based marketing before there was a term for evidence-based marketing, but that actually led my GM at the time to say, you know what, we're going to take you out of research, actually have you be in charge of the marketing function. And that's really what launched my marketing career. I was a vice president of advertising and promotion at NBC in multiple markets in the local stations division. So they first took me to Philadelphia, where I turned around a, a station that um, with many others, I'm not taking sole credit yeah, for this, yeah. a station that hadn't been number one for 30 years. Then they took me to Chicago, where we had a station that hadn't been number one for five years. And then they moved me here to Los Angeles, which I thought I was going to hate, but I ended up loving to turn around a station that they had sort of turned into like doing McNews, which was terrible. So we made it serious again. And along the way in my TV career, I also did some producing, did a lot of campaigns. And so I did manage to win three Emmy Awards for for a number of campaigns that I developed and some other assorted little awards um, here and there. And then that was rock star. I, I even talk about those being my rock star days. It was yeah. a little bit more like the Mad Men days of, <laughs> of um, TV when things were fun and, and uh, expense accounts were huge. But then the recession came and, and kind of, you know, put a huge dent in my lifestyle and my job because advertising dried up. And when advertising mm-hmm. dries up, it's really hard to pay all the people that um, work in TV. So I ended up having to lay my entire department off walk myself to HR and grab my pink slip. And, and that was the pivotal point that um, got me into launching my own company. And so now what we do at Zumeda Group is, you know, we work with companies who are sort of struggling to communicate how they're different and why it matters in a sea yeah. of sameness. There's a lot of copycat marketing yeah, right. going on, which sucks. And so we really help them with that strategic stuff. So we help, we help them I would say position and communicate their big ideas to the market. Gotcha. Yeah, there's that's a challenge for I would say probably a very large percentage of businesses out there, right? It absolutely is. Some people don't even realize how how big a challenge it is. They a lot of people will come to us wanting originally to do. <coughs> um, they'll want us like, well, my website's not working, or I need help with social media, or you know, hey, can you know, can you help me with digital marketing and a lot of the time that's, that's just not the problem. You know, I'm like, well, why do you think it's not working? You know, it's like, well, you know, you know, we're not getting, you know, as much traffic. And I'm like, you know, you, you just keep asking the questions. And then what you, what you really find out is that, you know, they're doing this. Everyone starts everything with, with Google search. And so someone looks up like, you know, marketing plan, and then they like paint by numbers or marketing plan and do all the things that everybody says to do 
but aren't ending up with a different result, which is what they wanted in the first place. And so a lot of times you have to go back and go like, all right, let's just get clear with, with what you offer. First of all, is it even viable with the people that you think it's viable with? Is it big enough? Are you better than anybody? Because if you're not, then it's going to be hard. And so kind of doing those fundamentals to help them figure out what's the right value prop. And then most importantly, how to communicate it. So people yeah. go like, oh, I need that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's shift gears just a little bit. And what uh, maybe think of some of the championship leaders that have impacted you, coaches, mentors, whoever they might be. And always less a little bit about who it is specifically versus, you know, what is it about them really that stands out uh, as leaders? So, yeah, you know, I mean, for me, there's, there's been so many along the way. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be, foolish not to mention my parents. I grew up in a little bit of a reversed household. My father was severely epileptic. My mother hustled her ASS off to be the breadwinner of the family. Mm -hmm. But two things were were so foundational for me. My father, even though he was mostly homebound because he couldn't drive. So so he just hung, you know, he he hung out at home, was like books, books, and more books. I mean, meanwhile, his mind was expanding. He had an insatiable curiosity about just, just about any topic, which I think was what made me sort of a lifetime learner. And my mom just did what it need, you know, what she needed to do to get things done, even if that was like a second job, third job. So that was huge, you know, in, in terms of kind of establishing, I would say my, my personality or my identity and, and, and they led in, in their different ways and, and, and certainly were leaders for me. And then, and then through my career, I think there were just a number of people, you know, when, when I, um, when I was pretty early in my career, I worked with a guy, Don Perry, if you're out there, I think he's in Palm Springs. You know, he actually realized early that I had pretty much maxed out what I could probably do in San Antonio, Texas. Like the only other job left was his. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. So you might be done here, you know, and really encouraged me to kind of like, you know what, even though you're a huge asset for us, it's probably time for, for bigger things for you. Sure. So yeah. I went to, um, I, so that's what got me into sort of the mothership of NBC Okay. when they recruited me. And then, you know, I, I had this amazing GM also in Philadelphia who humbled me in a way that I had been not humbled before that really changed my life. You know, he, I, I went to, to Philly as sort of like a, a young you know, hot shot, the young, you know, I was a VP at like 31, like youngest person on the executive team. And, you know, I was just um, so unselfconsciously kind of uh, arrogant. And I mean, I was doing great things for the station. And, but he pulled me aside one time and he actually asked me, and I'm, I'm hugely embarrassed by this, by the way, but, but I think it's useful for people to hear. He, he's like, Hey, you know, Ginger, you know, do you, do you think you're pretty smart? And I was like, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think like, I mean, there's, you know, yeah, right. I've taken tests. I, I am, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. real, you know? And he said, so he goes, do you, do you think you're smarter than, than all of the other department heads? And I was like, mm, I'm pretty up there. I have to yeah, say, right, right. you know, like, I, I mean, not all in all ways, but like, I I would think that I'm at the top. He said, okay. He goes, I think, I I think you're pretty smart too. You know, he goes, 
do you think that all of the other department heads know that you think that you're smarter than them? And I was kind of soul crushed at that moment. Like I just hadn't, he didn't lecture me, you know, he didn't, he, he asked me the right questions in a way yeah. that brought me to, to the realization that the way I was doing things was probably not ideal. You know, it wasn't going to be, it wasn't good for, for everybody. And, yeah. and that really set things differently for me in terms of how I interact with others and having a more open mindset, curious, like what, you know, really looking for kind of what everybody's bringing to the table. And, and that, that's kind of one of those things that only a leader can do because even when I interview people, what it taught me now is I always ask like, what's the harshest criticism you've heard from someone you really respect, right? Because criticisms from people you don't respect don't matter. But yeah. when someone, you really respect someone and they give you something to think about, you're like, oh my God, I really got to think about that. And so he was a major leader for me. And then there's all sorts of, you know, I mean, I read voraciously so I can, I can name authors until, you know, kingdom come, but those are two real people in, in um, yeah. my life or, or two real sets, you know, that, that, uh, that changed things for me. Yeah, I love it. Those are that's a powerful story too, especially if you're open in those moments to hear some of those messages or you know to to take on some new perspective. I guess you'd say to have some shifts. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing sharing that. Let's uh, switch gears. I want to talk a little bit about maybe a critical moment that you've had in your life, kind of that fork in the road type moment where you know you made the decision that you did, which has you where you are today. But you know, had you made a different decision, you'd be somewhere very different. I think it's just powerful with you know, everything that's been going on, there's a lot of people that have found themselves in those moments. And, you know, they always kind of want to know how it's going to work out before they make the decision, which we know isn't uh, possible. So it is powerful, though, to hear how others have chosen those moments. So is there something that comes to mind you could share with us? A hundred percent. So mine is like so crystal clear for me. So that time in in 2009, when I got laid off, Mm -hmm. I was you know, relieved of a job that I had golden handcuffs. I had a, you know, a business card with a peacock on it that said vice <laughs> yeah. president. I mean, there was a lot of identity yeah. rolled up in that title. And when I got laid off, I was just like, Oh my God, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And I was very lucky to get called the president of, of the ABC station here in Los Angeles, you know, and had breakfast with him like within 48 hours. Like, and he's like, Hey, maybe you should, maybe you should come here which was very compelling because it would have been like nice and easy ego saving, you know, all of these things. And my partner was like, you know, don't go into something right away, you know, maybe take a minute. And, and cause I had a nice soft landing. I'd worked with NBC for a long time. And and, and so it's like, kind of figure out what you want to do. And I did. So once I declined that job, I was definitely adrift and started my consulting practice. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard, hard thing to do because it was another one of those like deeply humbling experiences. You know, I, I tell people all the time who are like, oh, I'm going to consult. And I'm like, you know, in some ways it's kind of easy in the first six months because you rely on like friends and family and favors and then things sort of dry up. And I went from being kind of on the top with NBC to, I, I mean, I think I made the first year in consulting. I didn't know how to price. I didn't know how to ask for it. I was also, by the way, entering a consulting market when there when there was a, a tidal wave of overqualified underemployed people also getting laid off. So, so there there was not a lot to pick over. Yeah, I think I made like less than forty thousand dollars the first year. And yeah. I mean, this was ha- after having been a vice president. So, right. And one of the things that 
my partner told me is, is, you know, if you can make it two years, I've heard, not even knowing from direct experience, I've heard <laughs> you can make it. If, if, right. if you manage to like slog through, through the yeah. tough times. And, and that was true. I mean, I honestly thought when I left NBC, I thought I'm never going to make this much money again. I've literally peaked. Yeah. Like, it's over. Yeah. You know, not over, but it's just like not going to be as good and not going to be, you know, a, a, as fun um, and not going to be as ego building as it was right. before. And, and I couldn't have imagined, you know, at that time, how things would be different when you're sort of like, you know, the master of your own plan. Yeah. I mean, night and day. Right. You know, I mean, so, so being able to, to plug away something kind of doing what we talked about before, which is like, you know what, what's my process? How do I kind of practice, 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 try to perfect, make it better, better, but mostly tenacity and sticking with it, you know, have built a much better life, you know, a much bigger network, much more impactful things than I ever would have done had I stayed in that job, the J-O-B you yeah. know, that, that I had at NBC. And so, so it was a turning point. I encourage people all the time, consider working for yourself. You right. Know? Yeah, absolutely. You, you make it happen. You'll, you'll, you can get a lot going. Well, there's definitely a record number of people that are making that decision right now, maybe probably because their hand was forced to, and with the pandemic and everything else going on, but uh, there's a record number of people that, you know, starting their own LLC and going after it. So, which is kind of cool. But, you know, I mean, I, th- I think that's good because, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So now it's like necessity is the mother of reinvention. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And if, if you, what people need to be, be careful about Nate, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know, this is like, who do you surround yourself by? Mm-hmm. Like you sort of have to block out the naysayers and kind of like the yep. negative Nellies, right? Like right. You, you need a couple people in your inner circle that are in your corner, you know, kind of rooting for you and reminding you what you're capable of, yeah. you know, yep. 100%. Um, if you don't absolutely. have that, it can be a slog. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is hard for people to do. You know, it's sometimes hard to cut ties with certain people. But, you know, at the same time, doesn't mean you have to completely cut those ties and you just got to, like you say, protect, protect uh, what it is that you're trying to go after that you believe in so much. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. As we start to wrap this up, what, if there's one or two things that could give to the listeners that if they were to implement today would help them move their life forward today, what, what would those little nuggets or guiding principles be? You know, one thing that I think is magic, and I can't figure out like if there's some secret voodoo behind it or or, or what, <laughs> is um, you know, write down what you want in a journal. Yeah. You know? Right. Before Absolutely. I won my first Emmy, I actually took I, I cut out a picture from a magazine yeah. of an Emmy and I pasted it into my <laughs> journal. I was like, someday I want one of these. And, and for me, everything that I have ever put in my journal, you know, that yeah. that is something I want that's realistic and, you know, and, and that I care about. I've managed to make my way there. Sometimes yep. it's taken longer than I expected. Sometimes it takes a lot shorter than I expected. Right. But if you don't have intention, mm-hmm. you're just not going to get anything. So, you know, I, I think that that's my biggest one is, is name it, name yep. what you want to write it down right. at least. And then if you want to go to the next level, start figuring, you know, reverse engineering, like, well, you know, what are some of the minimum things that would have to happen? You know why I didn't win an Emmy sooner? I never applied. Yeah. 
Step one. So, you know, be intentional about what you want is what we Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you being here today. This has been a great conversation. What are a few ways that we could uh, find out more about, uh, um, what is it, Zameda Marketing? Zameda Group. The Group. best way right now, Nate, is go to gingerzumeda.com. Okay. Because I'm going to go, I'm super excited about a rebrand we're going to have here coming up um, next quarter. So you can choose your adventure at gingerzumeda.com. Yeah. It'll take Love you to it. Zumeda Group. It'll take you to, to our, our new site, um, you know, in, in a month or two and a couple other things. Okay. I want you. Absolutely. We'll get that linked up too for everybody. So it's easy to, to get to. And I appreciate you being here. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want Look, if I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey, Bailey Hey Bailey